and the experiences, at least in my life, the times that I look back on the thinking of sports, the coaches that I had who held us to the highest standard, who made us work the hardest we possibly could. I look back with the most fondness in terms of those phases of my life. Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business, but a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. E-commerce leadership is a challenge just as leading any organization is. And in this episode, we're going to ask four hard questions that we hope will have you stopping and thinking and recommitting to your company. Michael, how's that sound to you? It sounds kind of impressive, but scary. I can tell you've been to church today. It feels a bit like, you know, am I going to commit my life to a certain person? I, I like the, <laughs> it's very, It's very good. It's, it's very American in the traditions of American, you know, Jim Rohn style thought leadership. So I like it. And I'm slightly scared because you said, thank you. Are you going to be, you said to me, Mike, before we come on, Mike, are you ready to be truthful now? I'm like, okay, that sounds scary, but I think we am, we are, we're ready to do it. And I think yeah, asking our questions and being willing to be truthful is a very good starting point for making stuff better. Right. So it's a good start. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, you, you better ask me the first hard question then, and I will try okay. and answer it. And then I expect the same. All right. And then we've got four here and then maybe you can reciprocate. You ask me the next one. So the first question <laughs> sure. is, what's the big why behind your work? Why are you truly showing up in business and trying to achieve something through your, your company? And what yeah. is that? That's a great question. For me personally, I, I think I'm not really showing up in business enough. I haven't been because my why hasn't been hasn't been aligned with who I am really. I think like I started off in, in business in order to sort of escape from the day job, which is an away from idea. And that kind of worked, mm -hmm. but I, mm -hmm. I don't think that's really a towards goal. It's just the kind of don't want this. This must be better because the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And it turns out obviously, yeah. no, it isn't. It's very funny to me, for example, that the world and his friend advertised uh, digital type businesses work from home as a great virtue. And then as soon as we went into lockdown, every single journalist in the world seemed to spend their life talking about how terrible it was to be working from home. So that's a very funny thing that, you know, obviously that the, the truth is that there are pros and cons. I personally prefer to have the control over my time, so I'm happy with it, but it's not easy. You've got to work it out. For example, I, I haven't left the house, so I'm going to have to make an effort to go for a walk around the block with my wife because I don't need to, but I work for So that was, so my why was a kind of a negative initially, and I've kind of been working mm -hmm. towards the positive. And what I'm finding is giving me more joy is something I need to dig into, which is accepting the fact that. That I I seem to work best when I'm helping other people with their businesses more than, you know, working on building something big myself. And that feels kind of half fraudulent to say that. It half feels like, why? why am I not following this big path that I'm supposed to have? 
to build some multi-million yeah. dollar business. But the truth is I enjoy getting in there and sort of, you know, being the mechanic and, and looking at the nuts and bolts in the business and going, let's show me your PL. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to sort this out. This one means we've got to do that, means this one's, you know, and just making the whole thing hum. That's what gives me joy. So I feel like I'm gradually realigning my business to be true to myself. So there you go. To- to, to have it emphasize on your personal satisfaction and your joy. Why exactly. does that make you feel like wrong or guilty? Well, or it's, a, it's a good question in itself. I guess because, you know, it, the, I suppose we accept a certain kind of, this is what business success looks like mm-hmm. from the people in our industry. And that's reasonable to start, but I guess then you've got to go, well, is it really me? Is it really my strength? And, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, but being a consultant and owning it, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. almost the phrase that a lot of business owners look down on. I feel like actually if you're really good at the job and you get in there and you really, really help people mm-hmm. and you enjoy it, then actually that's my thing. So there you go. So that's, it's kind of shifting. That's my big why it's, it's kind of shifted towards who I really actually am rather than what I think I should be. Yeah. And, and so it's, it was originally away from having your schedule dictated to you. Mm. And that was the original driver of why you started, but now it's shifting towards finding your own joy and satisfaction in the technical work. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and the joy is not necessarily working on one business all the time and owning it. It's working on different businesses, but applying mm-hmm. similar processes, which I mm-hmm. want to get better and better at to optimize those. It's yeah. a little bit like it reminds me actually of my conducting work. Like I didn't necessarily want to compose a whole symphony because that's years and years of graft and that wasn't my bag, but can somebody turns up with an existing thing and the orchestra's playing a mess, I can listen and diagnose what's going on, say this needs sorting, this needs sorting out. And it's the process of making it better that interests me. By the time I got to the concerts, I'm like, yeah, this is done now. You know, I'm baked, this is baked, I want the next one. So maybe that's my nature. So, right? so that's who I am. You're the conductor, man. I'm the guy who turns up and sorts out the, the mess and then moves on to the next one, you know, I guess. That it's seems a, to be what gives me joy, you know. Literal metaphor for from your, you know, from your life that's coming forth in your business. That's really, really cool. Seems to be. Um, so w- what's I'll your big why behind your work? I mean, obviously you've got a huge amount of whys floating around. There's the, you know, your faith, there's a sort of belief in social help. There's obviously more commercial yeah. aspects, but what, what's yeah. the truth behind your big why? Well, it's interesting. You know, we started on this journey a long time ago. As I look back on it, we were always, well, you still are involved in nonprofit leadership and have our charity. But the, uh, but the work aspects resonated with me the most. The story that I tell people and I tell myself is that when we were basically really struggling financially, I heard about a guy making a thousand dollars a day on the internet. That was in 1998. And I guess I, that was like a North star in a way that just, it, it seemed like if, it, if there was a path there, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to get on the path or, or follow the path. There was no path, really. There was just this idea. And, and that has really, I guess, uh, guided for a long time now. And we got there and, and eventually through eBay sales or originally, then through our own website, we started to put together the pieces of it. And so the question is, what, what was that that was attracting me? What, what was it, the $1,000 a day that was so appealing? And I think it was probably having to do at the time and still i would say is still true is something about security something about income security job security i guess you could say i was a human resources person for a long time and big charity 
I would literally orchestrate people's lay, the layoffs and firings and, you know, terminations, you know, and, and I think maybe I have PTSD from doing that or something, you know, or it's like, I, can, I, can I never, that, yeah. never, ever want to be on the other end of that because mm. it just makes you realize, like, I guess maybe it would be like being an ambulance driver or something or being like a, a doctor, ER person just makes you realize like life is so fleeting. But in my case, it was like, your job is so fleeting. You know, you're what you think is secure. Now, many people have awesome careers that last their whole life through. But, you know, I literally like what catches my attention was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, all these posts on LinkedIn. I don't know if you saw them or like, hi, I'm Becky. I just got exited out of the Google campus. Here's my badge picture. I worked here for 16 years. I really have no idea what I'm going to do. Or hi, I worked in Microsoft or Amazon. All these people who got laid off and they were totally blindsided. And I just, it brought it all back to me. I was like, oh, dang, you know, that is just so gut-wrenching. And yeah, I hated every part of it. I hated being a hatchet man. And I, you know, I didn't want to, that was a horrible job. And then you feel bad for them. And, and so I just, I, I felt like that whole corporatist system, I guess, in a way was something I was not, you know, I just, I was, I guess I was moving away from it. Like, as you said, you know. What am I moving away from and what am I moving towards? That's um, so interesting. I mean, there's some, I guess that the thing that resonates for me from what you just said is that corporate system. I mean, for me, it was schools. So I'm not anti-education. My, my mom and my grandmother was a teacher. Some part of me is a, definitely a teacher, but, but the environment for that, that mm-hmm. I love is when I can create somewhere where everyone's on it and you know, something like finance, it's pretty nerdy compared to, you know, music theory or whatever it is. I mean, I like sort of complex structures like teaching jazz harmony back in the, the day for pianists. And, you know, most people don't really care about it. And your average school is a, it's like a prison to me. It's like yeah. a bunch of people kept under control for social reasons. And like by accident, a bit of learning happens if you're unlucky. Yeah. So there's, there's something that talks about certain corporate structures of certain people, right? So yeah, it's interesting you say that. I guess yeah. that was one of my motivations, the one of the things I was getting away from. Now I think about it. Although well, I guess those, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, as they say, your people are really primarily drawn to, you know, two things, the avoidance of pain mm. and the desire of pleasure, you know, and I, I guess as I look back, that thousand dollar a day dream yeah. on the internet yeah. was really about avoiding the pain of ever having to, you know, say, oh, my income's totally gone. You know, yeah. I, I don't have any money now. Cause my job, my, I just got, you know, fired or whatever. So yeah. even though it sounds like a thousand dollars a day on the internet would logically sound like avarice or, you know, kind of the dream of, you know, the money, it really, for me, I think wasn't so much about that. So it's very interesting. Anyway, I mean, I, first I, hard the, question, buddy. Yeah. yeah. The, the irony of what you're saying, of course, is that you swapped a job where you're either going to have, you know all of your income or it's turned off to nothing as it were when you're kicked out to a situation which is statistically quite tough i mean small business startups mm-hmm. you know and and survival rates statistically aren't great are they so it was funny yeah. that you didn't perceive that as a higher risk somehow i guess veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. 
The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Well, what I executed on was five years of moonlighting. You know, I mean, we, so I kind of incrementally got towards something where I I didn't ever take any risk. Actually, the first year we were online sellers, we made $12,000 and really no profit. The second year we made $12,000 and really no profit. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, just on a whim and we certainly didn't take any big risks in it. It was just eBay sales at first and, you know, kind of went from there. So, but you're right. It's definitely a high risk, you know, relatively speaking or on the average, you know. Excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you the next question. No, you wrote this just to be clear about who came up with this. Sorry. I'll ask you the next question because this is always an interesting one. So question number two by Jason Miles. To Jason Miles is, who is holding you personally accountable, if anyone, to showing up and executing bus you can each day, for example, spouse, et cetera? Yeah. So who's that for you? Boy, that's a hard question. Be completely honest. Um, I would say that I don't have enough accountability structure in my life right now as it relates to our business. I would say that on the charity that we lead, I do. But on the business, we don't have, you know, dad and we, you know, it's, it, I, I guess I, I would say there's maybe to a degree a, a comfort, a level of comfort. And that means maybe a, a degree of ability to coast. And I, I asked this question, I put it on the paper the, today for us to talk about because I've been reflecting on such things. You know, is there somebody saying you have to execute, you have to make this happen? And, you know, the reality is a lot of us, if we get to where we want to be, we can kind of not push so hard. And so I think the real leadership question for anybody who's leading your household or your company or a group is, you know, how do you get the best out of every single person involved in the enterprise, including yourself? And that can be a tough thing for the leader because the leader generally is the one who's in the position to, you know, not be held to such high account. Now, you know, if you're starting a, a tech startup and, you know, there's investors or, you know, you've gotten money from somebody or that kind of thing, you know, sometimes those are good pressures. That's youth stress. It's the kind of stress that you want to force your hand a bit and to really make you execute at the highest level. So there you go. I mean, I think that's, that's my reflection on it anyway. Interesting. So a couple of reflections for me. I mean, first of all, I also feel I don't have enough accountability in my business. And it makes me think about, we're talking about corporate life. We both kind of wanted to get away from different types of corporations. But one of the upsides is people discovered like working from home as opposed to an office means you're trying to separate your, you know, not all people who start their own businesses obviously work from home. They might work from a co-working space or even hire offices eventually. But you know, you've got to pay for it if you're going to do that. If you're going to work for home, you've got to pay for heating, which a lot of British people are struggling with right now, like anyone in Europe with the gas prices. And you also have to define a workspace or if you're going to hire offices, you've got to define everything really, haven't you? And then the other thing is even more importantly, you have a boss and it turns out Mm -hmm. that's a seriously useful function, even though you might hate him or her and that's not productive if you Mm -hmm. hate them, but if you dislike them, but they get work out of you then that's seriously useful. And, and that, as you say, that's hard to replace because if you are the top of the pyramid 
that feels like great freedom. I think we both revel in that. And then we both sort of people mm. that maybe that go, Mm-mm. oh, now what? <laughs> it is difficult. I, I have to say that my part of my solution would be to try and find for myself what I've managed to create a thing for other people, which is the 10K Collector Mastermind. I feel like could be better at accountability, mm-hmm. but there is a certain natural peer pressure when you see someone, you go, that guy's not as bright as me. He hasn't been in business for like a tenth as long. Why is he doing that while she doing mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That's very positive. And I don't have that situation at the moment. And and it's not easy to find a good peer group. You know, yeah. we talked about that a while ago. You were going to join a peer group or a mastermind or something. Did you yeah. join something in the end? No. Okay. <laughs> is that because you also couldn't find a group that you felt was, you know, going to do the job for you? Yeah, no, I don't know. It just didn't come together. So, yeah. It, this is a hard one, you know, because you is. have external, you, you know, you do have external people like a CPA or people who, you know, will speak into your business to some degree. Obviously the law holds us all accountable and the, the you know, tax her Royal Majesty or his, what do you call it now? His HMRC, royal, yeah. I suppose it would be his majesty's royal revenue King. and customs. Yeah. It's called a, his majesty's revenue and customs now. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I've been used to saying it the other way for years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I suppose yeah, the king doesn't literally turn up and actually grace yeah. you with his presence. So it's not very personal. You just get an yeah. personal email saying you've been yeah. fined a hundred pounds or something. Yeah. But, the, but the, that the whole question of who, you know, are there external sources or pressures that are holding you accountable? I think is, you know, that's a, that's a real, real different. It's different than a, a mastermind. And with, of course you are leading a mastermind. So I don't think you'll disagree with this, but it is different than a mastermind or even being in something that people say is like a mentoring or kind of online program. Cause you know, those are all generally group, you know, even if you have a coach and we do coaching, it's sometimes hard for me to hold our coaching clients accountable to their, either to what they've said, because it, it can be awkward. You know, Tell me about like, it. I sent somebody a text yesterday. I was reflecting on that today because I, I sent, I'd spent some time, you know, looking at some of the numbers of somebody's business. So I said, I'm going to need actually the next thing I need if you is X. And he said, Oh, yeah, I've been putting those numbers into Shopify of all things. I mean, you know, I said, Look, I'm an Amazon specialist mostly, but I've worked on a couple of Shopify businesses who wanted to work with me. Mm. So, okay, fine. So I've got more of a learning curve there than with the Amazon stuff. But anyway, I said, Look, I've been through this with a fine tooth comb. You don't have the level of, Shopify that's going to give the report that I need. So I need you to do this next. And I thought, mm, how do I phrase this? And actually yeah. I did say, well, look, it's your business. So it's your time. Whereas I was almost kind of moving into where I invested. No, I was good, almost moving the opposite mm. way, going into like conductor mode, like get this done. Otherwise yeah. we can't move this forward. And I realized, yeah. mm, is that appropriate? And because he's paying me, I felt, no, it isn't. And then afterwards I thought my second reflection on that was, but actually I'd be serving him a hell of a lot better if mm-hmm. I had the courage to say, you need mm-hmm. to get this done by Monday, yeah. 12 o'clock, or we're yeah. going to be having words. And then of course you're worried because you think you might lose the client or, you know, but actually the truth is if you're sort of heading in this direction, actually having yeah. somebody who's going to give you the tough love is more helpful. And as you say, like a paid coach doesn't necessarily feel like that person, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a dance. It I've is. lost, cl- I've lost clients because I've, I've had a firm stance on things that they just didn't want to hear. <laughs> Me too, and, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? Because right. then it's, it's kind of like that. And then if you put yourself on the other side of the table, you're saying, well, I'm the boss of my business and I have somebody saying something I disagree with or don't want to hear. Mm. I'm just going to stop the deal. I'm stop the relationship. See you later. Goodbye. Mm. And, and the question is, is that peak, is that going to generate peak performance in you? Or, mm. you know, is peak performance generated by having that 
coach. I think it was Tom Landry. I like to quote it a lot. Who says a coach is someone who makes you look at things you don't want to see, makes you do things you don't want to do. So you can be the person you always thought you could be. Or, I know, really like that. that. That's You see, that's my approach to like conducting or piano playing and piano teaching was always like that. I'm like, you know, so I was trained as a performer. I It's all about, you know, a bit like in, in business. It wasn't primarily about the relationship with the person. It was, we're here to do a job and we absolutely yeah. must deliver. A bit like a military mindset, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in classical music, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I have to back off that so strongly when I'm working with like an amateur choir, still yeah. conduct a choir once a week. They're pretty bad. And I have to remember to praise them for what I think is really substandard and things, which is a good motivational thing. But also I have to remember that they mm-hmm. probably don't care that much about the outcome compared to what I do. But actually, kind of with Tom Landry, if you want to be an amateur, and maybe this cuts to the, the, the crux of it, if you want to be an amateur and play at business, there's nothing wrong with that as a hobby. It's, it's not going to be mm-hmm. what you thought it was, but okay, you'll find that out. And, and then you'll decide to get serious or you'll quit. Neither's fine. And I'm not judging. But if you actually want to build a business that could be robust enough to survive difficult times to support you and your family, I guess yeah. you probably need to hire Tom Landry and give them permission probably explicitly, but certainly implicitly at some level to hold your feet to the fire. Because honestly, that's naturally my inclination. And I think probably Mm -hmm. I would serve my clients better if I were more free to be in that direction. But as you say, it's a dance and it's a tricky one, that one. And the experiences, at least in my life, the times that I look back on the thinking of sports, the coaches that I had who held us to the highest standard, who made us work the hardest we possibly could i look back with the most fondness in terms of those phases of my life or those experiences because i think you know i'm you i'm not saying you're wrong but i bet you those people in that informal choir maybe they have a higher degree of desire for quality than you might guess maybe they just have never had the time or energy or the training to actually execute, but they're yeah. looking for everybody who's a part of a team or you want it to be good. Yeah, you right. Know, well, you know? I mean, the, the truth is, Jason, that I'm not really able to back off who I am. I mean, like sure. if you hire me as a conductor <laughs> for a choir, then I'm going to be, you know, on it. I'm going to like this, you know, we're going to make the yeah. best I can out of the people in front of me. And to be fair, I don't try and get them up to standard that's just impossible for who they are. Right. But it better be better. And they, my God, they better be listening and watching. And I kind of naturally bring that to the business coaching game more and more these days as I'm getting more confident that I know what I'm doing after several years of focusing on this. And, and yeah, I, I think you're right. Actually, I think with the mastermind, I'm certainly getting to the point where I'm, I'm like, I said the other day to, to the guys, like a few things are going to tweak with how we operate but one of them is going to be it's going to be a lot more about the numbers and i don't mean revenue i want to know profit numbers and i want to track mm-hmm. those more over time and one of the best sellers and most experienced people in the group of media said great i really felt for a long time we should do that so there Indicator. is an appetite for it yeah ding ding, an, ding 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 there is the top an, talent the yeah top the best talent people want this they want always to be want the, to be challenged totally but here's a harder question this is question 2.5 are you holding yourself to that level for your own personal behavior and you're showing up in your own work and if i had to ask myself am i holding myself accountable to my best ability to execute frequently i'd say no i kind of let myself slack off you know oh yeah for me the answer would be no absolutely not i mean i I feel like i've been a bit overwhelmed and that happens in in anyone's life just simply from moving and and having that on top of everything else and yeah. it doesn't help that's been freezing cold in London either in any place. So we make excuses cold. for ourselves. Yeah, there you go. But I mean, you know, <laughs> probably, the, the, I mean, you can only do so many things. I think what's in, yeah. interesting is True. 
if you've got lots of things you're trying to do, you know, you stand back and you go, well, realistically, Mm -hmm. something's going to suffer. And that can be okay if it's not the thing you really care about, in which case the point might be, well, actually, maybe you should stop even pretending to do that and just shut it down or, you know, outsource it or give it to somebody else in your organization to manage or something. And I think that's, I'm trying to spin too many days. Narrowing your focus maybe is the thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think also the thing I've realized, and this is kind of like, a duh, obvious moment, but uh, it's the intellectual knowledge of one thing and the experience can be quite different, right? Mm-hmm. So my experience yeah. is caught up with the fact that maybe, Mike, maybe, just maybe, you should try and have, you know, three new initiatives per year instead of trying to do them all at the same time, which is so yep. blindingly obvious, <laughs> but I've been trying to do, let's make the mastermind better, let's take on a new client and that sort of manages Amazon stuff for a startup type thing, which is always demanding. Let's keep all the other things spinning I'm doing. And the truth is, obviously, that's probably not very likely with me and a tiny team, but I can achieve those things if I give myself, you know, realistically, maybe those two are enough for this, this business year, maybe even one this year, one next year, but, but rather than just kind of promising myself, I'll do all of it and then doing it really badly. So that's my, my reflection recently. Well, that's a good summation, I think, of this hard second question. And I'll just say again, as a leader, there's so many examples in the world of corporate and nonprofit management civil society where people don't hold themselves to high standard and have nobody holding them accountable and they run off the the rails. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Roman emperors used to apparently hire somebody to walk alongside them and say, you're full of it, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that's possibly a bit extreme, but I mean, they, they were wise enough to know that they were going to go off the rails and they didn't have some accountability. So exactly. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to the e-commerce leader again today. We had a bit of a different one today. Um, there is a quote that says something like the amount of success you have will be measured in the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. Wish I thought of that quote while I was talking to Jason because it's an interesting one. So today was quite a challenging set of questions for me and for Jason, I think. And they're probably challenging if you aren't asking them yourself as well, because they are quite tough questions, but I think they're really deep questions that are important at least once a year to reflect like this. And, and somehow there's something about the early part of the year that's a natural place for that. So the two questions we talked about today were sort of three, really. Question one is, what's the big why behind your work? Why are you truly in business? Is it freedom of control, rebellion against prior systems, pride, avarice, do you want to change the world? And I think those some of those sound better than others, don't they? Avarice doesn't sound attractive. Um, changing the world does, but the truth may be something more simple or more, perhaps you're not it doesn't tie in with what you're supposed to think. Maybe it's what you really feel. So I would encourage you to have somebody somewhere in your life where you can be absolutely honest about this um, because the insights are going to be more genuine. Um, the second question is more about getting into action. Who is holding you personally accountable, if anyone, to showing up and executing the best you can each day? And Jason and I have both articulated that really we could do with some help on this. And um uh, I think that's so, so important to have probably multiple answers to this. Love the Tom Landry quote, just to reiterate that, because it's such a good one. A coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see. So you can be who you have always known you could be. So that kind of tough love thing <laughs> can be found for the most unlikely people, as we said, investors, creditors, customers may not love you or your organization in the way that, you know, a a good coach might be more on your side or your family members may love you for who you are, but sometimes they're what you need. 
Uh, and the 2.5, question 2.5, Jason said, are you holding yourself to this level? And we both admitted, really, that's okay. So we both admitted on air that we publicly um, probably need to do something about this. But I think the, the main thing is, okay, are you going to step up and do something about it? Um, I personally, I feel I am going to do that. I've had to go in and try and put some various source, uh, forcing functions in my life, one of which is to sign a deal with a new client soon so that I'm going to have to do a lot of work with a sort of joint venture partner. Um, so I am about to send off a document to that person that will move things forward. So I'm going to go and do my part. I want you to go and think about those questions for yourself. And if you've enjoyed today, the last thing to say is not one, but two things. Number one thing, as usual, go and subscribe to the podcast on the nearest podcast player of your choice. We're doing particularly well on Spotify for whatever reason. And the other thing is we are delighted to say that the Profit Habits workbook that Jason's only used previously with six and seven figure clients in a private session is being available, made available to you as a listener. So you'll hear all about it from the uh, advert, as it were, advertising, as it were, on our own podcast in a second. So do go and check that out over at uh, theecommerceleader.com. Just remains for me to say thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the second half of this discussion. And uh, let's see if we can make you a better e-commerce leader by the end of the year than you are at the beginning. Cheers. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. We offer you free help on our website, including PDFs, videos, and mini courses on topics like traffic, product, and sales channels. Some are for Amazon, most are for any sales channel. To get those and to stay up to date with our podcasts, go to www.theecommerceleader.com. Thanks for listening.